Okay, good evening and welcome to the August 2022 meeting of the San Francisco Animal Commission. My name is Michelangelo Torres and I am your commission chairperson. We continue to hold our meetings remotely due to the ongoing COVID-19 health emergency and based on recommendations issued by our city and state governments regarding remote meetings. For those of you who are interested in how our commission works or serving on this commission, that information is on our new website at sfgov forward slash animal commission. On our website, you will also find agendas, meetings, I'm sorry, agendas, minutes, and supporting documents from past meetings, as well as audio and videos of earlier meetings, including our May 2022 meetings informative presentation on the rehabilitation of orphaned and injured wildlife with Leah Talcott-Travis, Director of Egdrossel Urban Wildlife Rescue, and last month's important discussion on glue traps with Allison Hermans, Director of Communications and Marketing of Wild Care. So please check out our website at sf.gov forward slash animal commission. Please also feel free to follow our commission's social media accounts. Links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages are located on our website's About Us page, which can be accessed by clicking the blue Learn About Us button on our website's homepage. Members of the public who wish to comment during the meeting can call 415-655-0003 and use access code 2646-381-3590. Please make your comments in accordance with the agenda. Commissioner Tobin, could you please take roll from the list of names signed on to the meetings? Sure. I, um, when I call your name, just say present. Um, Chair Torres. Present. Uh, Vice Chair Osinoy. Present. Um, I'm here. That's Commissioner Tobin. Uh, Commissioner Chan. Present. Uh, Commissioner Fortier. Present. Commissioner Irani. Present. Commissioner Van Horn. Present. And I also see we have Dr. Sherry O'Neill from ACC. Uh, Christopher Campbell, I do not see him here right now. And um, I think we are expecting Officer Gregory Sutherland from San Francisco Rec and Park, who's with the, uh, or sorry, San Francisco Police Department, who's with the Vicious and Dangerous Dog Court, but not here just yet. Okay, thank you. Moving on to uh, general public comment. At this time, members of the public may address the commission with comments on items within the commission's jurisdiction, other than items already on the agenda. I will be facilitating the public comment periods at tonight's meeting. Members of the public who wish to make a comment should hit start three on their phone right now to be added to the speaker's queue. I will unmute your phone line when it is your turn to speak. When prompted, you will have two minutes to make a comment. Please be aware that after your two minutes have passed, your phone line will be muted again, and I will go on to the next caller. Okay, currently it looks like there are no callers in the public speakers queue, so we can close public comment. Let me check just one more time. And yes, there are no, there is no one in uh, the speakers queue, so we can go ahead and close public comment. Thank you. Moving on to approval of draft minutes from the July 2022 meeting. The draft minutes document for our July meeting was distributed to commissioners earlier this week, 
and I believe everyone has had a chance to review them. Are there any questions, comments, or corrections to the draft minutes before voting? Okay, uh, seeing none, uh, when I call out your name, please state yes if you're in favor of approving the minutes or no if you're not in favor. Uh, Commissioner Chan? Yes. Commissioner Fortier? Commissioner Irani? Yes. Commissioner Ozenoy? Yes. Commissioner Tobin? Yes. And Commissioner Van Horn? Yes. Okay, thank you. The July meeting minutes are approved. Uh, moving on to chairpersons and commissioners' reports. Commissioners' reports regarding recent activities in the community involving animal issues that have been discussed by the commission in the past. Are there any reports to share? I I have a report. It looks like Commissioner Fortier does too. So you want to go ahead, Anne Marie? Sure. Thanks. Uh, just a quick one. Um, as as you noted, we have um, SFPD has assigned a new officer to the Vicious and Dangerous Dog Unit. Um, that's Officer Greg Sutherland. Um, we did invite him to the meeting. I, it was kind of last minute, so I don't know if he's um, going to be able to make it. But um, we hope to see him in the future. So that's just a, just an update there. Thank you. Okay. Great. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Tobin. Yes, um, Rocket from Baywoof um, sent me some information on October 22nd from 10 to 2 over at Alamo Square. They're hosting the Bark the Vote event. Um, the Department of Elections will be there. San Francisco Rec and Park will be there as well. Um, it's uh, to promote civic engagement and voter registration. Um, I think I just mentioned that the Department of Elections will be there as well as Rec and Park, and there'll be music, dog adoptions, costumes, and a couple of food trucks as well. So uh, the public's invited again. It's October 22nd from 10 to 2. And um, hopefully we'll get ACC there as well, too. I'm sure they could use some exposure with the dogs, too, for adoption and maybe even some of the smalls. What do you know who else is going to be offering adoptions? Which, 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 uh, rescue? I do not. No, I don't know yet. So, okay, thank you. Sure. It sounds like a great event. So, thank you for sharing, uh, Commissioner Tobin. Uh, are there any other reports or any questions? Okay. Uh, thank you. Then we'll move on to old business reporting from animal care and control. Animal care and control will report regarding outcomes for animals and ongoing operations. And present the April through June 2022 quarterly report. Uh, Dr. O'Neill, please feel free to start your report when you are ready. Okay, I will start with what is um, currently in the shelter or in foster. Um, so we have, let's see, we have 70 cats on site, 58 dogs on site, and 27 others. Um, and then foster care has kind of jumped up, uh, recently. So we're up to 99 in foster 88 of those are cats and kittens, um, 9 dogs and 1 bird, which I think is officer Pone's chicken still. She hasn't committed fully yet. Um, and 1 other, which I think is. A rabbit, um, to my knowledge, so total animals in care are 260. 
Um, other things going on um, currently at the shelter, we had a new shelter service rep start at the front desk this week or end of last week. Her name is Mindy. Um, so she's training ACO hiring is ongoing. Um, let's see, um, I think coming up this weekend, there's two sessions of volunteer orientation, which is great. There's a lot of people that have kind of been waiting. Um, so one is for dog volunteers, and then the other one is for some of our um, foster volunteers. And then um, we are, well, I am currently writing um, kind of our procedures and policies around monkeypox. Um, public health has talked to me a couple of times um, just with kind of what our plan is if we have um, folks that are hospitalized and uh, can't care for their animal and then we we have those animals in the shelter. Um, there's a lot we don't know about pets and monkeypox um, since it's mostly been um, studied kind of like animals giving it to people, not necessarily people giving it to animals and, you know, basically the companion animals haven't been studied at all. So it will look a lot like um, our COVID quarantines do because it's the same kind of issue where, you know, we just don't know. Um, and then just kind of taking extra precautions, of course, the officers being um, the most important group um, to be careful. Um, it, it's something that's close contact, so I'm a little less worried about it than I am with COVID. Of course, COVID is still out there, so we're, you know, we've got one health emergency on the tail of the other. <laughs> so, um, anyway, we've had one, um, one pet that was there for owner hospital, which is unusual. Um, I think this patient had other health issues going on that cause the hospitalization, not just the monkeypox infection. Most people are convalescing at home. Um, so anyway, haven't seen a lot of it, but we're kind of just uh, watching for that. And then also watching out for um, avian influenza. Also, um, our wildlife partners have been working on some uh, policies and protocols as well. So far, it's not been on our county, but I expect it at any moment um, and probably likely to show up in the wildlife. First, and of course, the concern is it could spill over into um, some of the domestics, domestics, and then um, certainly a concern for it jumping to people at some point, which is why we're taking it very seriously. So um, that's kind of what's going on in the shelter. Um, as far as the quarterly report goes, um, we had. 2,356 impounds um, split about half and half as usual between the field and the shelter of how they come in. Um, interestingly, on this quarter, we had eight animals born in care, and those were a very pregnant cat that um, gave us a surprise, came in one night and then found kittens the next morning, and then also a little guinea pig, same, same story there. Um, 142 custody. Um, 35 owner requested euthanasia, 380 owner surrenders, um, 830 strays, which is quite a lot, and then quite a lot of wildlife, which is kind of normal for this time of year. Um, we had 293 adoptions, which is great. Um, and we had 752 partner transfers, 302 redeemed, and 67 released, which is mostly wildlife. Um, 
So yeah, we really had a lot of animals in foster this quarter, 376. Uh, most of those cats and kittens, of course. Um, and we had four cats that um, came in through ACC, but eventually went um, over to SPCA through community cat. And then uh, partner transfer breakdowns, 302 cats, 185 dogs, 265 others, um, and then a variety of other things to other partners and our wild birds to PHS as usual. Um, for euthanasia, um, we had 417 total. A lot of those are wildlife. Um, most of those, of course, were medical conditions and um, the behavior euthanasias were all dogs. Um, most of them had offers to SPCA and were declined. Um, and then 33 were euthanized for owner request euthanasia. And then um, we had 10 bites that had um, rabies testing this past quarter. So that's kind of the rundown. Um, any questions about any of that? I have a question. Yep. Dr. O'Neill, thank you for this um, thorough analysis. I have a question. So for the quarterly report, uh -huh. April to June, if you look at cats, straight cats, it says 500 and you took in in the quarter 506 stray cats. Uh -huh. Can you help us understand um, why we regularly hear from cat advocates that cats are turned away? 500 cats in a quarter seems like a lot. And yet there's this impression that you're turning away cats. Maybe you can't answer that, but do you have any ideas? I mean, stray cats come in um, both uh, from the field and over the counter and stray just means there's no identification kind of one way or, you know, no chip, no collar, nothing like that. If there was any ID of any kind, um, then it would fall in that category of, um, you know, possible owner. Mm -hmm. So some of those are in there too, although that's unusual. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, I feel like this time of year, I spent about 80% of my time on cats and kittens. Um, and I say we have, you know, close to 100 in foster right now. So, uh, you know, we still are seeing plenty of cats and kittens and doing plenty of spay neuter um, and plenty of adoptions. It ebbs and flows. Like we'll see next quarter this month, we're kind of, we're, the foster numbers have come up. So we're on our kind of second wave wave number two of what we kind of expect with kitten season um, and then it should start to kind of ebb a little bit um, here in the next couple of months so it's typically um, that's kind of typically our pattern that we see um, I mean we had an impound of 11 cats and kittens yesterday all at once from the same location um, so we're still seeing plenty of cats and kittens coming in okay and you're taking them in, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Plenty. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Um, thank you, Commissioner Fortier, for that question. Because, yeah, that number, when I was going through it, it kind of jumped out at me as well. I was kind of curious about it. Um, usually, I have all my previous um, early reports with me here. But I did actually bring them out this time, so I can't. We'll like back to them to see exactly what that number is, but I'll look at it. And if I have any questions, I'm sure you can answer it next month. And if anyone else has any questions about this or anything 
after reviewing it and taking more time to review it, of course, we can, you know, come back to those questions at, at, at next month's meeting. Um, are there any other questions from anyone before we open up for public comment? I have, I have just a couple of them too. Um, yes. So it's good that the numbers are there. There are a couple of questions I had about the numbers too. Are you guys, when, when an owner surrenders an animal, do, um, what level of depth do you go in understanding what the, the situation was that created that, that the person had to surrender the animal? It's like, is there, is there anything in the database that's tracked about that? And then, you know, whether it's behavior or whether it's right. um, a housing situation, um, I'm just curious if there's any way, any way to get a little more depth about why these animals are being surrendered. And then secondly, also tagging on to some of the things that Anne-Marie said too, I mean, we have the numbers of cats that came in in that quarter and of the cats that were of the age that could reproduce, um, not just the kittens, you know, not quite yet. So um, of those strays that were brought in, is there a way to understand how many of them, those strays, if they didn't belong to a person, were they fixed, were they not fixed? I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is like, is there any kind of like tracking of um, of that population control element of it, you know, or do they go back? I, I don't know what happens to them from that that point forward if they go to community cats for fixing or what. So, all right. So, first question about the owner surrender. Yes, everyone that surrenders an animal fills out a questionnaire, and it kind of just depends on how forthcoming they are and how much detail they mm -hmm. want to provide um, as far as the why. Um, then the shelter service reps kind of take a look at it and try and put it into one category. So when it's entered into the database as an owner surrender, you have to pick from a drop down list of right. why. So, you know, sometimes it's multiple reasons. So I think they try and pick the best one. Um, like sometimes it's a medical issue for the pet. Sometimes it's a medical issue for the person. Um, sometimes it's, um, what are the other ones? No time. Um, sometimes it is housing. Sometimes it's like moving. Um, I don't know. There's probably 10 or 12 different choices. Um, and then I'll give you that. And then if you want the details, um, there's the, the questionnaire kind of gets uploaded. Gotcha. The, yeah, into the memo. So, like, sometimes if you're like, well, you know, you have a question, you can go back in and look and see what the owner said. Um, and sometimes there's helpful information and sometimes no. Like, obviously, if there's a medical issue for the animal, we have front desk staff call the hospital, you know, get the records, you know, try and get as much information as possible. Okay. Um, so, yes, but it, it'll say or like behavior or something like that, and then it will ask a series of questions. Um, the questionnaire goes through a series of questions. So you can kind of try to narrow it down. Okay, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And then 2nd question is the strays coming in. Um, as far as ages, I mean, it's not on this report, but we could. You know, we define kittens as, you know, less than 6 months usually. Mm -hmm. um, so we could separate it out as to like kittens, cats. Um, I mean, anecdotally, I would say the majority of them coming in are not already altered. Um, some of the owner surrenders are. 
for mm -hmm. you know for sure have a known history of spay neuter. Um, we do get you know the occasional um, sick or injured um, tip deer cat, so we know that they're altered, but they're you know they're coming in for a different reason. Um, as far as transfers to community cat, I think you know this last quarter we only transferred four. It's not unusual for people to fill out the paperwork um, for community cat, and then um, once the cat is impounded, even if they have that paperwork, they still get. If, I mean, if we're able to, they're still able to get a medical evaluation and a behavior evaluation. Mm -hmm. So it depends um, if they go um, to the other program or they stay um, at ACC. So it depends. Like we had a couple that should be returning to field. One was, no, they were both injured. Two injured community cats, you know, the the um, folks, you know, had known the cat in the neighborhood for five plus years. They had an abscess, um, came in, treated, um, neutered, tipped the ear, all that. I mean, we just did all that in-house just because we already had the cat and we know mm -hmm. the person that's going to, you know, it's just easier to have them come pick up the cat and put them back where they know he came from. Um, so it depends on the situation. I mean, if they're otherwise healthy and going to be returned to field and they don't need us for treatment for anything, those are typically the ones that go to community cat. Does that make sense? So that a lot of them will come, not, I won't say a lot, but you know, several cats will come in, they'll have the paperwork there, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're an automatic transfer. You know, we still kind of give them a look and see why they're there. And I see the sick and injured ones usually stay with us um, and then hopefully can go back. We've got a couple waiting to go back actually right now, so. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, is there any other questions? Thank you for the report, Dr. O'Neill. Yeah. Um, so, okay, I will open it up to public uh, comments um, as I don't see any more questions from commissioners. Okay, members of the public who wish to make a comment on this agenda item should hit star three on their phone to be added to the speakers queue. Let me check and see if we have anyone. Okay, looks like we do have one caller. I will go ahead and mute that caller. Oh. You can provide your comments. Yeah, hi there. Um, I wanted to, my name is Patricia Briggs, and anyway, I wanted to just mention that, um, you know, being a very active um, Community Cats volunteer for quite a few years, um, I think the real problem here with um, TNR, it's a wonderful program, but there has to be more of the onus placed on the people that are allowing these cats to get, you know, out in the field. Um, I there was one cat recently that was like a one year they put two years old for the cat it looked like a one year old kitten to me but anyway 
the cat was um, had her uh, hind flanks. Her, you know, she looked like a cat that had was an older cat with severe kidney disease. I've never seen that on a young cat before, and that cat was literally starving, and she's plumped up since then with just food, eating just a couple of days. And, and there's other cats that are out there that are, I mean, it's criminal. Nobody wants to feed them. Nobody cares about them. Nobody wants to spare or neuter them. So, I think if we did more of a prevention, that's that's really important. Like the door hangers with the SPCA used to do in the past, and you know, recruiting more volunteers, and um, you know, getting maybe a spay neuter, a traveling van out to these locations like Visitation Valley, um, Hunters Point, Bayview, Western Edition, uh, Ingleside. These are really problematic areas. The cats just go on forever, not uh, you know, showing up unspayed, unneutered, sick, whatever. So what what prevention? I just want to suggest that we do more prevention because that's where the answer is. Okay, thank you for your comment, Patricia. You're welcome. Okay, let me see if I see any more. Okay, I don't see any other callers hands raised, I should say, we can go ahead and close uh, the public comment portion of the agenda item. Okay, I guess um, moving on to items to be put on the agenda for future commission meetings. Our next meeting will be held on Thursday, September 8th. This meeting will be held remotely. Uh, please reach out to me by Friday before our next meeting with any proposed agenda items and any supporting documents. For our next meeting, that date will be by Friday, September 2nd. The agenda and any supporting documents will be uploaded to our website, sf.gov forward slash animal commission by the Monday evening before the meeting. So for our next meeting, that will be Monday, September 5th. Uh, next month's agenda will include um, a presentation on cat rescue and T and R, uh, Trap Neuter Return, by animal advocates Maria Caldon and Elena Jaw, and a presentation on companion animal abductions by animal advocate Colette Dunleavy. Uh, these two above, these two presentations were originally scheduled to be held tonight, um, but in order to provide a little bit more time for preparation, we are now tentatively scheduling them for our September meeting. Uh, next month's agenda will also include ongoing reporting and sharing of news and special events from SF Animal Care and Control, and uh, voting on the resolution to continue to hold remote meetings. Uh, do any commissioners have any questions or anything else to add? I just want to make a correction. Uh, we will not post the agenda on Monday, September 5th. That is a holiday. So we will be posting it on the Tuesday, but that still is within um, the window of the 72 hours. So just FYI. Great, I didn't notice that it was a holiday and um, I appreciate that. I really appreciate it from a logistical standpoint as well. So thank you, Commissioner Fortier. Um, any other questions or anything else? Okay, seeing none, uh, we can adjourn. Uh, thank you very much for attending tonight's meeting. It is 5.57 PM and we are now adjourned. Okay, thank you everyone. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you, good night.